Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. First, that's Alex Ferrario, and I am Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line, Bill Barnwell, football writer over at ESPN.com. You can give him a follow on Twitter at his name, Bill Barnwell. Always enjoy having him on the show. Bill, thanks so much for hopping on with us today, man. What did you make of the Wednesday matinee football game that we were able to enjoy yesterday? Hey, guys. Yeah, I um. You know, it was pretty sloppy, and I think that was probably par for the course. Uh, it was fun once. I don't think I'd want to do it every week. I like having some Wednesday afternoons to not sit there and watch, you know, uh, the Ravens' third-string quarterback game <laughs> plays against the best defense in football. But, uh, hey, once in a while, sure, why not? So I did want to ask you a little bit of a follow-up on this because, listen, it, it was a strange week. They, everybody was affected by COVID. I, I, all, all of those disclaimers aside – 1914 Steelers against some of the third stringers for the Ravens. That that was a little disappointing in terms of the Steelers performance in that one. Mm-hmm. And they really haven't been tested a lot this year because they've had such a weak strength of schedule this year. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the Steelers right now? Are, are they truly the clear cut second best team in the AFC or are they a little bit of uh, a sheep in wolf's clothing right now? Yeah, I think it's tough to say because you look at the teams who they played who have actually been good. You know, Tennessee, that game came down to a final drive. It was 27-24. I know the Steelers were up early, but uh, Tennessee was able to make a comeback. Um, you know, I, I think the Steelers are a very good team. I think they have the upside to be a great team. And I think you saw when they blew out the Browns, maybe the Browns aren't all that great either, but, you know, are going to be a playoff team in week six. That was kind of what they can do and everything is, is sort of working at the same pace. But um, I think week after week, you sort of look at the Steelers and you sit here and say, Hey, you know, good, sure, very good, even maybe sure. But very rarely do I feel like they're as dominant as the Chiefs, uh, even as Tennessee in a different game. So to me, I, I think, you know, over the rest of the season, the schedule's still not tough. It's Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indy, and Cleveland. Um, you know, some competitive teams there, but I want to see them blow out a really good football team, at least once or twice over the rest of the season, to really get a sense that they are, you know, maybe right there with the Chiefs among the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, Bill, that's kind of what I wanted to circle back to here is the top three for me in the conference are the Chiefs, the Titans, and the Steelers. But I think the Chiefs are a runaway to win this conference and represent in the Super Bowl. But I'm looking at the rest of the field, and I'm thinking that the Tennessee Titans could be their biggest obstacle in getting there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I wrote about it today for ESPN.com. I wrote about the – sort of the kryptonite, you know, the team you'd want you'd want to avoid if all things are possible. I mean, the Chiefs can beat the Titans. We saw it last year in the postseason. 
not only did Tennessee beat them in the regular season in 2019, but also, you know, gave them a, a tough time in the playoffs. We're up uh, by 10 points in the second quarter of that game before things kind of went south. So, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are a better team for sure. We look at the Chiefs' weaknesses. I mean, obviously, their uh, run defense is the weakness of that team. I think they're very happy saying, okay, if you want to run the ball fine, you know, you're not going to score very much. We're going to score it well on offense. But uh, Derrick Henry is a little different than your average running back and your average running game. So um, I, I think that's the team they would want to avoid. I think they'd rather play the Steelers in the AFC Championship game than they would the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Bill, as somebody who grew up in Kansas City, is a Chiefs lifer fan, uh, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. I want no part of the Titans in the postseason. I don't want to see the, those linebackers try to tackle Derrick Henry. I don't want to see mm-hmm. those corners try to defend A.J. Brown, and a, a big play mm-hmm. would almost certainly happen. And just as somebody who's seen enough of these Titans versus Chiefs games, I fully expect something weird to happen, like Marcus Mariota catching his own pass and running it in for a touchdown in the playoffs. I want no, I want no part of that team in the postseason. Yeah, and I mean the Steelers are a great team. I don't want to take anything away from the Steelers. I mean they're a, you know, they have an incredible defense with a losing Bud Dupree, uh, one of their edge rushers for the season with the torn ACL is obviously going to hurt. But I mean that defense can take over games. But you know, I, I just when I watch the offense, you know, the, the numbers are fine. Ben Roethlisberger looks healthy, but I, I just don't get a sense that offense is dominant. You know, where are the big plays? Where's the effective running game? Where's the, um, you know, the consistency? I mean, they have guys who make plays. And so you have, like, you know, Chase Claypool doing great stuff and Juju Schuster says what make plays. I mean, they have guys who can do things. But just from drive to drive, I don't get that same sense that, you know, you're terrified to play them the way you are with the Chiefs or even with Tennessee. We're talking to Bill Barnwell, football writer for ESPN.com. He's joining us here on Ribs and BK. Bill, you mentioned that earlier today you wrote a piece about the kryptonites for each of these teams, kind of the fatal flaws or the potential fatal flaws and which which opponent would best be able to expose those. Let's go over to the NFC because right now I'm looking at that conference and it feels wide open to me. you got the Packers, Saints, yeah. Bucks, Seahawks. I think those are kind of the favorites for everybody. For you right now, who do you have the most trust in that they will get to the Super Bowl? Because I feel like they're they're kind of all relatively even, but who do you trust the most right now out of those NFC contenders? Ooh. That's a good question. You know, I, I would maybe say the Packers, which sounds strange to me. I, I think I was someone who was on the Bucks uh, before this really rough stretch. I want to see what happens coming out of their bye because I think they're sort of at an inflection point and they have to figure out whether they want to keep doing what they were doing on offense and kind of see if Tom Brady on that offensive line can coalesce and be more comfortable in that offense after the bye, or if they're going to make changes and maybe be more of a, a, a quick strike, quick game offense, get the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, not get him hit as frequently because that's been such a problem for them uh, throughout the season. I think they have to figure out what they're going to do for the rest of the year this week. And we're not going to see that until next week, unfortunately, because they have the week off. But um, I'm skeptical of Tampa now because the offense is really struggling. With Seattle, I'm skeptical of that defense. I, I just think they are a mess. I think they're going to look good against the next couple of weeks because they're playing Colt McCoy in the Giants and Sam Darnold in the Jets. But I think in, in the playoffs, I'm going to really be hesitant to kind of trust them. And with the Saints, I mean, the defense is phenomenal, but we don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. I mean, Drew Brees is dealing with, you know, a crazy amount of, of, of fractured ribs. And I, I think he was playing very well before the injury. I think it's crazy that he was able to do that with, you know, 11 broken ribs or 11 fractures in his ribs or whatever they were saying. I mean, it's nuts, but, um, you know, it's going to be tough to ask him to do that again into the postseason. So um, can Taysom Hill be that guy? 
he's looked okay so far, but I mean, obviously they were playing basically a, a farce of a game last year against the Broncos <laughs> in the circumstances. I want to be rude towards Kendall Hinton, but I mean, that was, you know, unfair to put him in that circumstance and it wasn't a competitive game because of that. But, you know, I, I think with the Packers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is very consistent from week to week outside of maybe the Tampa Bay game. Um, the defense, you know, they have playmakers. They kind of run me to the Chiefs a little bit in terms of they, they have a great pass rush. They have a, a secondary that can, you know, create takeaways. My concern is just, you know, they have to find the right matchups. The, 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 they faced the Niners last year, and the Niners just ate them up uh, both times they played. So if they can get the right matchups throughout the playoffs, I think they're the team that would maybe kind of lean towards trusting the most uh, in the NFC in January. All right, I want to head out to, to to L.A. and the Rams, okay, because this is just my opinion on this one, mm-hmm. but I feel like Jared Goff has kind of hit his ceiling as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the, the opposite of that is I think Sean McVay still has a lot to give as far as offensive creativity but mm-hmm. he's—I don't want to say he's stuck with Jared Goff, but he kind of is. Stuck with Jared Goff. He, he kind of <laughs> is stuck with Jared Goff. How do the Rams work their way through this to where Sean McVay, obviously a very offensive-minded coach, but it's kind of got a ceiling or a cap on it because Jared Goff, I think he's at where he's going to be for the rest of his career. It feels like it, right? I mean, you know, he's not—he's not, he's not a, a young guy in the league anymore. He's been there five or six years. He's not like he's. You know, someone who's emerging, this is what he is. It's been with him for a few years. He's inconsistent. He can be incredibly accurate and look really great at stretches. I mean, he, he, his upside is phenomenal. But we know we're not going to get that guy for 16 games out of a season. We're going to get him for three or four weeks at a time at best. But he's going to have those games where he looks totally overmatched, like the Dolphins game, like the Niners game last week, where he looks, you know, where he's the problem with that football team. And I, I think there's maybe two things you can do. One is that maybe you, you sit there and you sort of hope, okay, We'll make it to the postseason, and he'll get hot for three or four games. You've seen Eli Manning get hot for three or four games. Joe Flacco get hot for three or four games. I think Jared Goff's a little better than those guys. But um, you get hot for three or four games, hey, you got a shot. And Jared Goff could do that for three weeks or four weeks if it's the right circumstances. But I think the other concern is maybe you take some of the load off Jared Goff. Maybe you run the ball more. Maybe you try to get him in more advantageous situations early in games. So um, the Rams always say they were very – um, physical football team. They want that to be their identity. When you look at what they actually do on paper, or when you actually what they actually do when they play the games, they're not uh, a physical, aggressive football team. They're a pass-first football team. That's fine, but I think running a little bit more might take some of the load off Jerry Goff and might not put him in situations where he feels like he has to be has to be that sort of like you know hero or, or playmaker and not make the same mistakes he makes in those games where he really does collapse and really struggle. Final question that I've got for you, Bill. Uh, I I love your work that you go so in-depth on not just the here and now, but you look forward to the future as well, and you look at a little bit more of the minutia that maybe some fans aren't always aware of. So Mm -hmm. as you look across the league right now and we kind of project forward to the offseason, what do you think is going to be if you were a prospective coach looking for your next gig and you're one of these hot names that kind of has your pick of which team you want to go to? What would be the roster that you would want to go to? What's the team that you think would be the best potential Ooh. opening out there this offseason? You know, it, it, it's not what I would have said a month ago, but I think it's Houston. And, and I know that they have no draft picks. I know that they don't have a lot of money to work with because they spent so much money over the past couple of years. I know that Bill O'Brien has sort of made a lot of mistakes with that roster, but you have to Sean Watson. And that guy is playing out of his mind over the past four to six weeks. He has been 
absolutely incredible. He's been best quarterback in football to me over the past month and a half of the season. And, you know, losing Will Fuller is going to hurt. Um, they are a team that's going to have to make some changes over the offseason. Don't know what the coaching situation or GM situation is going to look like. But if you're a coach, I would, I would, I think as a GM, I'd pick somebody else. But as a coach, I would say, okay, you know, Deshaun Watson is a guy I can't, I would be lucky if I got a quarterback as good as Deshaun Watson, even with Matt Ryan, even with Matt Stafford, even if I drafted Trevor Lawrence. You know, Deshaun Watson is a, a guaranteed superstar quarterback. And I think if you're a coach, that's what you start with. You can hopefully figure out the rest. Uh, depending on what you do with, you know, whether you're a defensive-minded coach or an offensive-minded coach, you can kind of find your solutions elsewhere. But you can't manufacture a superstar quarterback. Same thing we're seeing with the Rams and Jared Goff. I mean, Sean McVay's a genius, but that offense with Deshaun Watson would be incredible relative to what they have with Jared Goff at quarterback. So I'd start with Deshaun Watson. i start with the Texans. I'd figure the rest out later. God, I hope they get a good coach down there. I, Arthur yeah. Smith, uh, Eric Bieniemy, whoever the offensive guy is that can unlock a few things for him for just easy completions. God, it would be awesome to see it. Bill, always appreciate the time, man. Really good stuff today. We wish the best to you and your family, and hopefully we'll talk with you again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Stay safe.